that's why you see people on the on the internet who always talk about like oh yeah don't quit your job until you buy your house y'all know you ain't never quit a job and finance a house are you telling us this w-2 income from a w-2 perspective when it's more than possible to do it i was like i just i made it i, I employ myself i get a w-2 for myself there's ways to do that there's ways to show your bank statement your tax returns but if you've never done it you can only really justify it based off of what you've seen tweet talk episode 111 What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megana himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. What is that episode, Steph Curry? It has nothing to do with his number, but he's just out there killing it right now, man. Steph Curry is crushing it. Um interesting to see hopefully they go far hopefully they do well once clay thompson comes back you know it's too commercial it's not real basketball i only watch college basketball i could see that especially if you played yeah i like yeah. to see good quality basketball and i feel like you're at your prime in college yeah. don't even play defense in the nba no it's all commercialized yeah it's just dunks and highlights yeah, i don't like that you know what's interesting is i think the nfl is kind of commercialized as well um especially these days I was talking about how like Donald Trump came on and he was hating on the ratings. And I feel like the NFL started doing different things to make the ratings go up. So they're giving us better games to watch, but I think they're also strategically making the games more competitive. So like the refs call penalties at like the worst times, uh, the refs will like allow teams to come back. So it's competitive at the end of the game, which sucks when you have a team that you're rooting for yeah. and uh, the fix is in. The fix is in. And welcome, folks, to episode 111 of Tweet Talk, the Black Belt Podcast. I'm your host, Raphael Husbands, along with my co-host, Charles Oglesby JD, a.k.a. Todd Millionaire, as you're more, more well-known on social media. And this is Tweet Talk, where we break down financial tweets and talk about building Black wealth. And tonight, we have a guest for you folks Philly's number one notary, a.k.a. Sophia Martin. Period. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TweetTalkPod. That's P-O-D. Follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Real Raphael. Todd Million. What? What's up? What's up? Man, we got we to gotta think of a name to call the segment where we bring on episode listeners on to the show. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't know what we're going to call that, but we got to call it something we also got to come up with a name for people who listen to the podcast faithfully. So maybe, maybe the listeners can help us out with that. Right, right, right. Because I don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. Because we ain't tweet talkers. I don't know what's that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> They're not tweet talkers. I don't know. We do need a name. We do need a name for our tribe, though. You're absolutely right. And so we got to have our guest introduce herself and tell us more about who she is. 
Okay, so do I like give the rundown? Do the rundown. Yeah. Give us a Twitter okay. handle and then give us the rundown. Give us the pitch, all that stuff. Okay, so my Twitter handle is well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. You guys are awesome. I listen to this podcast so much. Um, so my Twitter handle is Sophia Martin and it's spelled S-A-F-I-Y-A Martin. And I'm assuming I'll just put it down below because it's spelled a little different. But I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I currently live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in which I have my own mobile notary business. Um, same similar to what you guys asked me how I got here. So I came to, I was recruited to Temple University to play basketball. So I played basketball from 2013 to 2017. Um, that was, people always ask me what's my major. And of course we graduate with something, but I say my major was basketball. Cause like when you're, when you have three, four practices a day for four years straight every, mm. and I never went home. Right. So I lived my like I'm miles from home and I never went home during the summer. So that was what I majored in. Um, and then I wanted to be a doctor. Right. So after I graduated, I was like, I like math and science. So I actually did something called a post back program. So I did like a two year program of nothing but pre-med and like biology, chemistry, orgo. And that's nothing to play with. It's hard. Um, I hated it. But simultaneously, I was also working at something called a scribe in the emergency room. And I was only making like $10 an hour. So I'm like, I just graduated, time of my life. Temple's amazing because it's nice being a student athlete. Everything's paid for. You don't have much to worry about. And then the real world hit. Um, so two years, um, did my program, was a scribe, was struggling, super, super broke. All my friends can tell it was horrible. Um, I moved back home with my parents because it takes about a year or so to get into medical school. I know you went to law school. I don't know. Is it like a year, like the application process? Not necessarily, um, but you do have some things you have to do before you go to law school. So you have to study for the LSAT. You have to do all those different things, apply, wait. But um, so it could take about a year. Yeah, See, it's it's super rigorous. So it, so it, took, it was going to take about a year because I had to take the MCAT. Um, so I moved back home with my parents because, you know, super broke, didn't really have a choice. Um, and they were kind of helping me out. And then I super cliche, but like COVID hit. Right. So my plan was I was going to retake my MCAT May of 2021. Um, and when COVID hit, I was going to everything was going to be pushed back at least six to eight months. So it's like, and you know, when you're studying for like tests like the SAT, MCAT, whatever the case may be, you don't study for six months. You study two hard months right before then and then take the test. So I was just home bored, right? Bored. Because I just quit my job because I was about to start studying. I had nothing to do. And you live with your parents after college. That's terrible. Um, so I watched Netflix probably for like two weeks. And then you it got to a point where it's like, I can't keep doing this every day because I don't like, as an athlete, I can't just not be doing something. It's just, I just can't do it. So um, I what I started babysitting for this couple, right? And this couple, both of them own their own state farm agencies, okay? Um, in Naples, Florida, I don't know if you guys know where that is, but you just see a different side of life. Like it's a different type of money for people who live on the beach. Um, in their house, they have nothing but books. And literally one day I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, no, the first book I read was Rich B-I-T-C-H. And that's a budget book. Like um, it just teaches you basic finances, but it's funny because like she tells you about yourself and that's the thing I was a spender. So I'm like, dang, she really coming for me. Um, and then I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and then that was, that was it. That's when I started learning about stocks, business and real estate. And then I sat myself down. I was like, you know, you either you gonna go to school for seven years, get $100,000 worth of debt or however much it is, or um, you could figure out this entrepreneurship rental thing. Um, I was super broke, 
worked um, for, so I got a job, I worked for State Farm. So I worked for the people I was babysitting for like six months or so just to stack some bread. Um, and then I moved back to Philadelphia because I was like, if I'm going to start a business and this is what I just thought, I was like, if I'm going to start a business, the best, the best place for me to do it is in Philadelphia. Because um, one thing about me when I was in college, I was never the best player. I was never this superstar, but I know how to network. I've always known how to like talk to people. Um, so I moved back here. I used all of my connections to just market my notary business. Even if they didn't use it, I just used that. Um, and it just took off like oh. to where I am now. Gems, there's a lot to unpack from there. And I don't want us to skip over uh, some of the things that I heard. One of the coolest things I heard is that you went to a rich person's house and they had yep. nothing but books inside of it. Mad books everywhere. Like what they had at least eight bedrooms. Everyone had mad books in it. Wow. That's crazy. What do we take from that? I mean, I remember, I think it was Jim Rohn, like back in the eighties, he would say um, something like, Rich people got big libraries, but poor people got big TVs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's true. It's true. And like you and I would read the book and it would be highlighted. There would be notes in it. It just it changed because you see, like if he's able to afford like a Lamborghini, a McLaren, all this stuff, you know, just chilling. You got and it, I, I don't know. I just that's when I learned to just kind of shut up and listen. Like whenever somebody's teaching, because that's how they were teaching me indirectly, like, hey, get this book, like, hey, you should read this. That's that's when you see it. You were, you were marking up, you were highlighting their books. No, theirs oh. were already marked up. Oh, okay. and, it, and it's funny because I understood. You know how like when you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, it's a lot of like storytelling, but we know what he's trying to get to at the end. So you kind of got to push through that. Mm -hmm, like, chapter right. four has the the most information, but it's just an important book to get through. But he had certain things highlighted in his notes, um, and I would just reiterate like that. Hey, if he got something from that, what did he get from this? I need mm -hmm. to know exactly what he was saying. Yeah, I like the kindle does this cool thing where if you read a book on kindle it'll show you like the most highlighted parts uh, like across the globe like anybody who has a kindle right. who's read the book it'll okay. like have a little dash highlight under it and I, I always take a lot from that and also take a lot from just reading books people have read and looking at the highlights so that's super dope um you you were in a d1 school playing basketball you said you weren't the most talented player how did that happen um you know, I have a just weird story all around. So first, first things first and foremost, I'm six three. Like I know, cause I don't, you know, you don't get on wow. camera. Yeah, I'm tall. I, I, had, I had a feeling tall. you were kind of tall. Nobody, yeah. I mean, how would you know through the internet? But I'm tall. Uh -huh. And the thing is though, I didn't really start playing basketball. I didn't take basketball serious until 10th grade. Like, you know how you do AAU and everything. So, and, I, and my mom jokes about it, but I kind of see it now. I'm used to kind of like just not sucking at something, but literally sucking at something and just working hard. Like I literally just learned how to play, play defense and rebound. And that's what got me to uh, college. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I suck at a lot of stuff too. I was never good at sports, man. I wasn't fast. And they used to hate the fact that I was black and I wasn't fast. I think <laughs> I've told you this, Raphael. And like, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't even make my, my high school basketball team. Like I just wasn't good. Yeah. And so like all I really had was work that work ethic, which is yeah, really interesting ethic. because all I lean on now is work ethic. Like Absolutely. I just never been naturally talented. I didn't go to law school and it was just clicking for me. Like, no, I had to grind. I literally had to sit in that library all day. Mm -mm. I salute mm. you because you you got through through it. I'm like, dang, I would be in medical school right now. Whew. But COVID hit. So you yeah. actually are really young then. Mid yeah. Well, how do you think? Mid 20s? 26. Yeah, that's my 20s. 20s, yeah. There you go. There you go. First, shout out to your microphone, Raphael. 
Man, your microphone is stunting on my microphone. I was listening to the last episode. I was like, this microphone sounds better than mine. You think so? Yeah. Where'd you get that from? Bro, it's the same old microphone. You remember? Oh, I really? If, I don't remember. No, if you remember, you got me. Um, well, this is the little one, baby one. Yeah, this is not the one you got me because it got lost in the fire. But I, I right. bought the same exact the one. Fire. The, the difference is this. Yeah. I bought the little foam, the little foam yeah. cover for like seven dollars on Amazon. I wonder why that helps. This has a this has a foam cover. You know what's interesting is you sound good, man. Was no homo. You know what's, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's cool is when you listen to a podcast and it's just like candid conversations, it might sound stupid, but it actually is really cool when you listen to it on the other side. I'm like, I kind of like when we just be talking about stuff, like random yeah. stuff. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, like people don't realize they just listen to conversations that we have. And like, we don't, we don't talk really uh, until we get on this mic. <laughs> like some people might think, oh, they must be friends or whatever. It's like, kind of weird when we do talk on the phone. It'd be we, like real quick conversations. Yeah, very quick. Every time I see my phone ringing, it's Charles. It's like, what the heck is going on? This guy is calling me. But anyway, so you went to D1 school, came out, you're broke. You decided. She didn't say she was broke. She, she said she went home. She said no, she was I, broke. Well, after, remember, I, so I went to Postback. So I had to go to like, so Postback is like a limbo between undergrad and grad. Like it's not, you're getting your master's, but it's not, right. you're just taking undergrad courses for two years. And so that's, I was broke because I was working at the ER, like working at the ER, like near the trauma bay for $10 an hour. Crazy. Long I have hours. a friend, she did that. I have a friend, I will say that you're in a good situation. My friend, she went to Cal State Dominguez Hills. Honestly, she applied to med school right out of Cal State Dominguez Hills, didn't get accepted. And she went to post back at UC Hastings, I believe. Um, took the MCAT a few times and finally got into Michigan State. Now she's doing her, uh, what do they call that thing? When you're a doctor, but you're not really a doctor. Her residency at Yale. Oh, her residency. Yeah, oh, so she's crushing it. You are a doctor. Yeah. He said, "You're a doctor, but you are a doctor. Little fake a doctor. Oh, oh, so that. When did you get into the notary game? How did that happen? Uh, so what's crazy? So I was, I was started working at State Farm, right? Because I knew I needed money to move. I didn't have anything because I was a spender. Um, and my the lady who owned the State Farm, she was a notary. That was my first time ever hearing about it, but I didn't think anything of it. Um, but while I was reading simultaneously, my original plan was just going to save up and get a house, get a duplex and do it in Florida. But I didn't really, that changed super, super quick. So I just started looking for side hustles. I found out about being a notary session, like YouTube. That's why I love my YouTube channel now, because YouTube saved my life. Like it taught hmm. me everything. Um, and I just executed everything I learned from YouTube in Philly and it worked. So you didn't go through uh, Andre C. Hatchett's mobile notary program? Mm -mm, no, there's, there's, I didn't find out about him until way down the line. There's a lot of other like private, like there's, there's a young lady, Vanessa Terry from Notary to Notary. She's amazing. Um, she, I took her course. I found her, that's the person I found on YouTube because she has a bigger presence. Um, mm. And I took her course and the rest is history. How much was that course? Like maybe two something. Okay. All yeah. right. And do you feel like you got a lot of value from that course? Absolutely. Um, you know, yes, no, it's a great, it's a phenomenal course. But the thing is, I have to always add this because people are like, oh, well, you told me to buy the course and it didn't work. 
you have to do what's in the course. But if, if like if somebody tells you to sign it for a hundred with a hundred plus title title companies and you only do fifty five, you're not executing. Like there's no other way to say that. So it's a great course. There's a lot of great courses, but you you can spend a thousand dollars make uh, taking courses and still not get any success. Mm. It's crazy. Mm. Well, I'm it's glad crazy. I'm glad you asked her about that, Charles, because. What's so funny is somebody came at our friend to the show, Andre Hatchett, somebody came at his head talking about, you see, this is people, this is an example of people trying to sell Google, Google, Google information. Yeah, I saw that. And he actually like, he like Retweeted. played with him a little bit. He was like, oh yeah. He's like, if you, if you can get it on Google, don't even buy my stuff. <laughs> it's funny because she said that he retweeted her tweet before he even um answered it. He just retweeted her tweet. Like, look at, look at this. And he was like, cool. It's he, just, true. he just ignored her. I wish I could be like Andre, man, because I'd have been, I'd have been wilding. I'd be like, "Who are you talking to?" Blah 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 blah. Andre, Andre would just play with him and just like let it roll off his back. I don't let nothing roll off my back. That's what we got to talk. So I don't let it roll off my back. It's not worth it anymore. Like, it, like with YouTube, because I, I was going through something. Like, you know, when you first become like an online presence, everybody has an opinion. That's why I love Tweet Talk, because you talk, you discuss this. Like one time you was talking about how somebody will comment on a YouTube channel and they don't even have a daggone icon. Like it's like a cartoon coward hanging. You know what I'm saying? Like you just got to ignore it. Uh... It's not easy. It's not easy because like we're artists, like we're content creators and we're sensitive about what we put out, what I am, you know, but then you just have to say whatever. It's like yeah. your baby, but I like that. Instead of calling them anons, we're going to call them cartoon cowards from now Cartoon on. cowards. I like that too. <laughs> Love that's it. what it is. They've been asleep for a while. I don't know where they went. Maybe we just don't see them because the notification has been firing off like crazy. Black Friday has been lit. How was Black yes, Friday sir. and Cyber Monday for you guys? Amazing. It was dope. Was, it was, was, you, you have your own digital products now. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Right. What, what are they called? Right. So um, the first thing I uh, created was a course on just basically how to monetize YouTube. So that was my, that was my, that's my baby because that was my first stream of passive income. I monetized in 24 days and I didn't have a social presence. I didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. me putting out free content about being a notary. Um, so I created a course on just how to create a channel that can be monetized because people don't understand even when you get monetized, if you don't put out entertaining content, nobody's going to watch it. Like people have, you know, thousands and thousands of subscribers and super low views or super low interaction. So I created a course. It's called Just Press Record. Um, that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what's the what's the the idea behind that name? Because I, I have a feeling that it, it relates to some of my principles. Well, just do it. Just press record. Like people always want to, oh, this got to be perfect. Like, no, like, first of all, my apartment is mad small. I don't have a cute backdrop because I can't afford that yet. And I'm not worried about that. But like, I do stuff in my Mm. car. Like people always got all the excuses in the world. Oh, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. Like if y'all meet me in person, I'm not the same person I am on camera, but it's a business at the end of the day. So it's like, literally, mm. like if you're trying to get to this money, if you're trying to get to where you say you want to go, just hit the, the record button. That's, That's so it. true. That's so and true. Content is easy. And you know what sucks is when you go through a moment and you didn't record it, so you can't even use it as content. It's like, man, yeah. like I, just, I went all the way to Puerto Rico, did all this cool stuff, and I didn't even capture it on camera. Right. Like I just wasted that whole trip. Like there's people who they call it like travel content. Like they literally make money by showing you them traveling. Yep. 
and we just be watching it because it's dope. It's like, I mean, if I can't travel, I might as well watch you travel. Somebody else do it, yeah. <laughs> but that's the that's the philosophy behind YouTube, in my opinion. Like, there's an audience for everything. You just got to go find your audience. That's it. Mm-hmm. People watch anything. Like, people wow. watch I talk about being a notary, but I also put my own little spin on it. So it's not just the notary. It's a life of an entrepreneur. Like, I don't know. People make everything so much harder than it is. Man, they do. I, yeah. I like what you said i don't mean to cut you off Raphael. go ahead because i just lost my thought anyway oh damn because you you said that uh, people watch anything do you know people watch youtube videos of people eating yeah asmr mukbang mukbang or something yes. like that it's like that's my generation they watch well, people look, eat or listen to yes. them eat some crap like All that. Day. those I'm people are those, those people are eating at first, I because I'm 26, so when, and when I was in college, people were like, "Oh, you know, I maybe want to be a YouTuber." Like that was a thing, and I'm like, a YouTuber? Like I'm not about to walk around saying I'm a YouTuber, but now, man, what? <laughs> Them people are eating, like built a whole house, family, lifestyle, everything. It's crazy. Yeah. What I was gonna say is that it's it's YouTube is becoming what they planned for it to be, where you have all these people that are just kind of creating their own networks, their own everything. And the interesting thing about it is you can kind of say the same thing about podcast is I remember I had a, an iPod a long time ago and it had a little tab that said podcast was nobody messing with podcast back then. It took them a good 20 years to have podcasts really become what Steve Jobs envisioned to be back then when he created the first iPod, not the iPod with the color screen, the iPod with the little glow screen with like the dark blue yeah. words. I don't that even one. remember seeing it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I think that's insane because it it's is. like, how many ideas do we have that like we're just quitting on or we're giving up on? Okay. And that's why I thought, I forgot what I was going to say, but it was along the lines of like, if we don't take advantage of these opportunities, oh, that's what it was is you have valuable information on how to monetize a YouTube. But you know what's interesting is sometimes a piece of content that could be intended for something could also be beneficial to something else. We've been doing this podcast for two years. I don't think we're fully monetized to the point that we could be. We could be way more monetized. I think a part of it is we're not pushing it as hard as we should. Mm -hmm. But if we watch your course, we would be probably a lot further ahead than if we had not watched your course. And what's worse is time is ticking. Mm-hmm. The time that you don't have that information is time that you're not earning money that you could be earning. And you never get that time back. So yeah. you're out here justifying not giving somebody $100, $50, $30, and you over here punting years. How many times like when you were like older or younger and there was somebody who knew something, you're like, man, I wish I knew what they knew. I could be doing what they're doing. They just never told you how they did it. Exactly. It's like, nah, don't worry. Don't worry about all this over here. And now you can legit go to the source of the people that you think are dope and buy something. Anybody who has a course out there has probably been bombarded with DMs about how do you do this? Can you oh shoot some game? Can you help me out? Oh. All we're doing is answering questions at scale. It's just at a more scale. efficient way to answer questions. And then they get mad, like they feel some type of way. Let me tell me hush, child, because <laughs> it just be a lot. And it's like, guys, I've given y'all something for literally 15, 15 to $20 like everything and you and it's too much like I, that's why when you talk mm. about like just not paying them that's just not who my audience is oh well like you can't help everybody and that's what and that's why people go say you know what forget your uh cheap basses let me raise it up to like 1500 exactly <laughs> exactly and i don't want to be like that I don't want to be like that, but it's hard. It's like, this is worth, it's worth 1500. Cause if I can teach you how to make six figures from something you've never heard of, I think that's, that's totally worth it. But you know, you try to be nice. 
Try to be nice to don't appreciate, man. Rough. I think it's time we get into these tweets. Do you have any tweets yep. for her? Because I was looking and, and she had some tweets that I wanted to ask her about if you don't have any. I got I got one. I got one big one. All right. I mean, she said the end of the month is amazing because you get YouTube and Amazon payouts in the same week. Then sprinkle your weekly gum road and strike payouts too. That's all online money. Doesn't <laughs> even include the notary business. The blueprint is so simple, just about execution. It is. And that brings it us. Is. That brings us back to the to your course. And he was asking why you call it just press record. Let's talk about that. What do you mean? But it is just about execution. I mean, I feel like it's as you it's, you just gotta do it. Like I don't, there's no other, like you know, even especially us as entrepreneurs, we have a like I have so many ideas that I make it a bit my business to write them down now. Um, so it's like if you say you want to seven streams of income okay how are you gonna get your seven streams of income it's not just gonna show up like you have to start creating stuff and when you say you're gonna create something you gotta see it through all of that good stuff so just doing it and I know it's easier um done than said but I feel like that's why I try to show so much of my growth because hopefully it can you know tell somebody else like look look my story I was switched majors you know midlife crisis and I figured it out you can too <laughs> she had a tweet that said and I, I went back looking for this one because I knew she had a Gumroad tweet that I liked. And it says, Gumroad payouts make me so happy. I don't care if it's $30 or $3,000. Absolutely. So I so as a notary, um, I signed my own Martin's Notary Services. Got to throw that out there. So if you're a Philly, you need a notary, call me. Um, but it's nothing like being an appointment and your phone's just going off. You just made a sale. You just made a sale. Like, you're literally doing some, or even I was at the hair salon earlier today, phone is going off. Like, it's just, I, again, I don't care if it's $30. I don't care if it's $300. That's, I didn't have to show trade time for that money. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like right now, I love everybody who's listening to this um, uh, from my YouTube channel, but people are watching my channel while I'm talking to y'all. So I'm making money right now. It's crazy. I don't care if it's one cent. I didn't work for it. It's so crazy how unfair it is to get this money now. It's crazy. And it's so much more out there. Like what I'm trying to so much more. What I'm transitioning (laughs) sponsorships. That's sponsorships and partnerships. It's like because TikTok is good. And so, but that's a whole different lane that I don't really know about. So I'm learning. But that's where the real money is. Yeah. Um, I was on Twitter and uh, or maybe it was Instagram, and I saw that the Hartzogs were at a restaurant called Nick and Sam's. I'm familiar with the restaurant Nick and Sam's just because they talk about it on this watch uh, content that I watch on the timepiece gentlemen. They always go to Nick and Sam's really high end restaurant in Dallas. Anyway, he was like, yeah, we're sitting there eating and we just got a notification for 600 bucks. So they were going out to dinner to celebrate having a good month. And while they were celebrating having the good month, they made the money to pay for the dinner. Mm, It's like a wash at this point. We just be living. That's how it is. We, um, for me, it, it really hit me when, I mean, I've experienced this for a while back when I was doing LLCs and like my wife and I would take like lunch dates. And so I was just taking the LLC money, paying for the lunch dates. We're getting that money while I'm eating. But I never forget, we went to um, Fleming's for Valentine's Day. And the whole fo- time my phone was just going off, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, order whatever you want. But it wasn't always like that. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. There used to be time where I was like budgeting my paycheck to make okay. sure that I had this to cover this, especially what? going to Fleming's. It's like, all right, cool. I have enough so I can make sure I can take care of this meal that might cost $300. 
Now it's just like, if I want dessert, we're getting dessert. If we want a bottle, we're getting a bottle. And it all came through the internet, growing a brand, growing a presence, putting out content and doing all these really cool things. So it's cool that it's not just happening for one of us, but it's happening for all of us. Because I feel like back in the day, we really only had like one leader. It was like one dude, everybody looked at that one dude. And now everybody's kind of getting into it, which is what we all deserve, man. Absolutely. It, between you and well, Boyce's, his whole thing in himself, but EYL, it's just, it's great. And I think now that you guys have more like a digital presence and we see like people who have been doing this for years, because it's only my first year and it's still scary because one thing you always say is business income is never guaranteed. So I'm like, I can't let up, got to keep going. So it's nice seeing people who've been doing this for a little while, for sure. Yeah, and that, you bring up the whole heart soul thing. Um, Charles, you had a tweet where you said, sell things and use the money you earn to buy things. Yeah, I said that, huh? Um, yeah. I, I, I forgot where I, I realized this most recently, but it probably I think it was when I was out there and I was just renting boats and stuff. And I was in San Diego, we were out there renting boats and I went back, I rented the jet ski one day, rented the boat the next day. And that wasn't a cheap ordeal. Like the jet ski, I think it might have it might have been pretty reasonable, maybe like $150. And I came back the next day and I rented the boat, it was like $400. But I was like, I ain't paying for none of this stuff. I'm paying for this off a of product, man. Like the product pays for this stuff. And you had a tweet, it said that product money comes fast or something along those lines. It does. What was it? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, a product sell faster. Yeah, product sell faster. Yeah, product sells way faster. And it's just interesting because at this point, we're not trading our time for anything. I watched this watch, the watch show, and they have crazy watches on there. These watches are going for a quarter million dollars, half a million dollars. Some are going for a million dollars. And you 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 sit down and you say, okay, if you're somebody who makes 30000 or $30 a year, right? $30 a year times however many hours you can work in your entire lifetime, you can never buy that watch. Never. There's literal products on this earth that you cannot even buy. And so I tell people like, we still kind of exist in a barter system. Back in the day, we were trading goods for goods. Right. And so now we trade goods for money. We trade money for goods because it makes it easier to transfer. But now people think that money is the end all be all. And so they're just like, I just got to get money. I got to get money. Not realizing like, no, you need to get product. And right. if you get product, you can get anything in, that you want. We're missing that. The community is missing that it's not enough just to get money yeah. because how you get your money matters. Absolutely. If you're getting money from a job, you're capped. But yeah. if you're getting money through product, it's limitless. I think limitless. I, I think for my generation, um, it's what, because this is when I talk to my colleagues, what they say is like, they're not really sure just what direction to go in. Only because like they don't want to seem over salesy. And that's where I'm trying to tell them. Um, like you just have to find something that goes with whatever your business is. Like you don't have to, everybody sells shirts, everybody sells, but you have to build a brand first. So you can create a course, a simple course on just how to, like how you did with the, how to understand the stock market. You could just do something, how the basics and then just build. Like it doesn't have to be this extravagant, photo shoot you know set up here you just have to put something together that's valuable and then just market it correctly absolutely that's and and we should be doing that like absolutely. we need more people who do that and less people who go to a job yes Raphael posted his podcast guide somebody commented i bought it once and i'll buy it again and i was like that is dope because Raphael didn't know if he should put it out I had a conversation with Terry Egioma. Terry is I don't even I lost count how much money she has <laughs> I lost count and she said that she was working her job and on the job, she felt as though she wasn't enough. She felt as though she wasn't worthy. She felt as though 
everybody else was more qualified and better than her. And now she's further ahead than any of them will ever be. Yep. When she was a teacher, right? Yeah. When she was a teacher and I think even a vice principal, but still like a lot of us feel that way because we're working in systems that intentionally make us feel that way. And so like, that's why you got to get into the jungle. You in the zoo, they like, fam, you ain't shit, little tiger. Stay over there. Cause I said, so the tiger over, like, have you seen people who go to Thailand and they're out there petting them tigers? I'm like, why is that tiger just sitting there? Right. I'm, I still want to figure out how to get the tiger to sit there. Maybe it's the medicine they put in the milk or something. I don't know. But that's how they be having us, man. Tiger out here, all like tame, letting folks just rub on them and stuff. Treat them like they just like a toy, take pictures next to them. Like that's what we'd be looking at these jobs. That's a great analogy, actually. Yeah, it's funny. They say, I don't know how true it is, but they say like if you get a baby elephant and put a rope around his neck, as the elephant grows bigger and bigger, that same little rope can still hold it, even at full size. Yeah. Because he's just been used to that rope. How do you feel? I know entrepreneurship is not guaranteed, but you went from working, making 10 bucks an hour. Like what goes through your mind in that moment versus what goes through your mind now? When I was working that job, that job. Yeah. Um, oh, so much. I, Cause I see, I see the world so differently now. Er, like everything, I don't see anything the same. Like my old spending habits. Like I just think it's like, I used to, cause in, and I'm a female. So like my car would break down, you know, if it's like $500. That's a lot of money when you're broke. I would be crying and boohooing through the grace of God. Just the other day, like something happened in my car to pay like $800 and it wasn't like, uh a heart attack and the so the small things like that just like it, i don't know it makes it better i have an emergency fund now i have certain principles that's better um but i don't know i just see everything different so like now i'm a little more calmer i guess <laughs> but i just don't want to mess it up if that right. makes sense right because it happens right. so fast um i saw there's a tweet it says made it to the other side of the closing table and bought my first investment property last friday the blueprint really works. Find a high-paying skill, stack your bread, and invest in assets. Just take sacrifice and discipline. This is just the beginning. So can we talk about that property? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's so it's a lot. And the plan is to build um, either a duplex or a triplex. Triplex, excuse me. I'm learning about everything. So zoning, like if it's not zoned for multifamily, you got to go through that. If it's a triplex, you got to have a sprinkler system. It's just so much that goes into it. So I'm working with... Um, you know, just different people that I found through my notary business. I found my general contractor through, I notarized stuff for him. Mm. I through my notary business. Every person that I've encountered through real estate through my notary business. Nice. So we're working together to figure everything out. Um, but the plan is to build a multifamily and then just rent it out in house hack. Man, so. honestly, that's a play. Yeah. Building, buying the land and building grand, ground up, in my opinion, is a better play than buying something and renovating it. Yes, because it's not, it's not, but that was the plan. At first I was going to get a, um, just a duplex, triplex that was on the market. Um, but then like the market is horrible. It's 15, 20 over asking and it goes like hotcakes. Nobody has time for that. I'm not going to do a bidding war. And then distressed properties aren't worth it. Like I went to this house, um, had a whole wall miss and they was asked for like 200,000. I'm like, that, that doesn't make sense. Um, but then I, we got into the lots and, you know, people bought these lots for like $1, or their grandma bought it for a dollar. And then now they're selling them for like 40, 50,000 because of certain areas like around the South University that's getting gentrified. Mm-hmm. So now they're getting like 60, 40, 60,000 for it. Most 26 year olds aren't buying land and developing property. Where does this mindset come from? Just 
the journey. Like ever since, um, ever since I picked up those books and I, I started to just see everything differently because the other, like, so I started with the books, but then I started to pay attention to him. He wore the same thing every single day. These are two, this is an African-American couple. They wore the same thing every single day. Like the most simple, simplistic things, but um, he had like multiple properties. He had his own state farm business. And I believe you can just buy the franchise just like anything else um, and just going that way. So like, learning from them and then just executing and seeing it works. Like uh, when I opened up my brokerage account and like the, it went down, you know, cause it goes down. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. But then you start making money. It's like, okay, there's something here. And you just, you just keep learning and learning and it just keeps working. Like, and when you fail, just get up, you'll be fine. Like just keep going. I think one of the keys is in the book, Think and Grow Rich of Black Choice, I think mentions this. He says like the savior is work. And what you got exposed to and what you learned came through work. And a lot of people, they don't want to work unless it's their dream job. You met people who changed your life by babysitting. Yes. Not by being a doctor and doing all the fancy schmancy. No, just by working, being in the space, being in environments. And then the next opportunity came through work. You're doing mobile notary. And now you're out here meeting people who are going to help you do the next phase. Absolutely. The only people who lose are the people who do nothing. And that's why I tell people, take action, mm. do stuff. That's you it. never know what the next, you never know. We over here developing land now. That ain't the end all be all, but it's a damn good next step. Okay. And, and the, what you said is super key. How I view everything, there is an opportunity in everything. Like somebody could call me, say my prices are too high and I'll learn something from the conversation. Oh, next time I'm gonna give them this rebuttal and maybe it'll work this time. Like there's opportunity everywhere. You just have to find what you're comfortable doing. Well, stay uncomfortable really and just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Man. When you become a content creator, you can write off nails, hair, and other beauty stuff. It's amazing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, and that's the thing. I got to throw this out there. If you're like a, um, when you start entrepreneurship, you don't want to write everything off because if your goal is to buy a house and get a loan, you need to not write everything off. So I like to throw that out there. But if you do want to go another route, whatever the case may be, because there's so many ways to get in real estate write it off. But yes, whenever you, um, like since I, so I get paid from YouTube, um, I get, I have get like sponsorships and things through like TikTok and stuff like that. Um, and then I have like photo shoots, things like that. That's for the business. So like, it's just nice knowing like, you know, I can write this off if I want to give me, give me the receipt. And it was crazy is I really didn't start writing anything off until this quarter. Um, because it's like, I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you want to make sure you show enough money so I could qualify, but then things changed. And so I was like, I'm going to just start writing off my nails, my hair, everything. Yeah. It's lit. <laughs> what you got, Raphael? Big girl stuff, man. Um, I kind of just got another, just realized I got another seal of the podcast course. There we go. I got a notification. Wow. I helped you get a sale earlier. I was like, "Yeah, you out here, out here getting it." And it was for like the full price too. Yeah, I had two today. Um, Anthony Hartsog was my first sale today. Nice. He bought it full price. Um, it's a great feeling, isn't it? It is. How um, you feel, Raphael? Feels good, man. I saw that. I was like, "Oh, somebody bought it." I was like, "Oh, somebody bought it full price." And then you I saw even... it. Then I saw who it was. I was like, "Ah, it's Anthony Hartsog. It makes sense." But then somebody else bought it full price today too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's uh, there was a tweet today that Marquise Robinson said, and he created his own digital product as well. He said, Those stripe notifications are getting addicting. And I'm like, It's true, <laughs> it is. 
And it's well, it's not, not addicting, but it's nice. Even a, a dollar, like seriously, like not exaggerated. You get a dollar is like, woof. It, it, you get a rush, man. Definitely. Like you sitting on the on your butt watching Netflix or something. And how much did it cost you to to create that course? How much did it cost you? Um, nothing at all. Not, nothing. Right. Nothing. nothing. Wi Fi. And electricity, that's it. And I think that's another reason why it doesn't matter how much you make because it's unlimited ROI. Yep. If you mm. make a dollar, you spend no money, you made unlimited ROI. Another thing that's just so amazing, and I was thinking about this today, and a lot of people like they sometimes can criticize course creators, whatever, but it's a good business because there's literally no overhead. I just sold all of my, like, if you make $10,000, it's an actual $10,000. I just sold all my views bags. I finally sold them out, but I probably took a loss. And I probably had like 60 orders. If I get 60 orders of a digital product, I'm gonna be good. But the physical products and the logistics that come with it and the shipping and the actual purchase of that, that doesn't exist. I can wake up every single day and my only responsibility is traffic, traffic, traffic. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. What you got, Raphael? Where the where the where the tweets, man? Yeah, so actually I want to touch real quick on what she was talking about. I didn't want to gloss over that when she was saying um she got all her general contract and all these people for her real estate deal through networking through her build business. Damn, another sale. Um Damn, another sale. It's thirsty. <laughs> Let me change the screen. So you're not hype enough is, for me. You know, Rafa, I was Raphael finna quit here, here. I was so no. hyped. Yeah, yeah, but like, come on, you gotta sit. That's that's a different type of feeling. It's like somebody, somebody believes in you know what I'm giving to them, and they took money out of their pocket to you know get my information. Right, you, you did that too bad to bad. Right, man, I'm just trying to respect your time. And Raphael was when he put it out, he was like, "Man, I'm I'm worried about the criticism." After the criticism, man, yeah. what about the people that you can help? What yeah. about the people who are gonna say dope? The people who say dope stuff are far gonna outweigh the critics. Yeah. We yeah. just have a tendency to, we have a tendency to amplify the voice of the critics, but it's a lot easier to drown out the voice of the critics when you mm-hmm. realize the critics ain't paying you, but everybody else is. Okay. And that's all that matters. And in some ways they are, because um, if you have YouTube, if you're watching my video, sweetie, like if you <laughs> it, it boosting the algorithm. So it's like, don't pay them people any mind. Just you keep marketing though. And you're in great information will get better. And then the thing I like that um that you did, Todd, was like with the options course, and you're very like open about it. Like, okay, it wasn't the best, but you just had like a follow-up QA. You can do that with your course. Like you're not gonna mm-hmm. be perfect, but you did it. You did what right. most people want. This ain't your job, man. You ain't getting fired from your product. Right. <laughs> right, right. Fire you. <laughs> yeah, when I when I actually put it out, like for like maybe 20, 30 minutes, is like I still was like kind of like nervous, like, man. But after those 30 minutes were up, it was like, man, I let it go. I released it. I did it. What it do, it do. Like, what it, whatever it does, it does. 
a tip is just, you just have to you got to push your brand every single day because the the more people that find you over time the bigger your brand goes the more sales you'll get like every single time that i have a video that does really well on youtube i get more sales every single time that a tiktok blows up same thing because people find you as they go that's why i just put it out there I already have it done you only have to make it one time and then like as you keep you know making content tweet talk grows and grows and grows everything grows simultaneously mm, 100%. be happy i need you to celebrate next sale <laughs> all right all right, all right, all right. You know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm looking. So I made a mis. I, I decided to um to promote. I put an IG post about about the product for today. I decided to promote it. And what I didn't realize is funny. I was just talking to Marjorie, our CPA, about this yesterday, but I forgot to put the um the field to put the discount code in. So I put up this post. And I promoted it. I paid for this promotion, saying. Use this promo code to get it for 60% off. So luckily for me, somebody um, left a comment on the post saying, well, I tried to do it, but there was nowhere to put the coupon. I was like, damn. Probably was not. it go code? Yeah. yeah. You got to uh, go in like individually and hit. Like, yeah, this. I did it. I did it. And I, I, I said, look, I fixed it. I fixed it. Didn't hear nothing back. But now I see she left a comment on a reel. She said, got it. Can't wait to check it out. That's probably her that just bought it too. Nice, man. Man, Raphael, you out here building a whole brand off of content. Um, Philly Notary, Philly's number one notary said, or she responded to a tweet that said, I shaved five potatoes and my back hurts. I can't believe traditional women did this all the time. Do you consider yourself a traditional woman? Who, me? Yeah. Ah, I don't even know. Uh, no, because, well, no, because not, okay, in, in the cooking sense, yes, but when it comes to traditional women, I don't know what that means nowadays, because I feel like me, my, what I would be, who I would be keeping around me, I have to say this very wisely, because I never know who's listening. Um, it's hard to find people to keep like that will understand your circumstances, like from entrepreneur, entrepreneur to entrepreneur. So I, I don't know. I feel like I'm very headstrong to a certain degree because my business is where I want, you know, it is. But I feel like a traditional woman is like, I don't know, submissive, like just, oh, they'll take care of everything. Like, I'm not I'm not like that. I've never been like that. My mom didn't raise me like that. That's just not what's going to happen. So I don't know. I don't know what you consider a traditional woman, but I just, I don't know. If somebody's working as hard as me, you know, sure, but I don't know. I mean, I personally don't see any reason for a quote-unquote traditional woman to be like a, a pushover, a walkover, but I, I feel like... Everybody wants to, and this is maybe my generation, I feel like everybody's mm -hmm. for a come up. Everybody's looking for some NFL player or somebody to come save them. And it's like, no, how about you go save yourself? And then you find somebody who can, you know, it matches where you are. You know what I'm saying? Because I hate to see people like, I don't know, like get left in the dust basically. And they can't even fend for themselves. Like, sis, you could have built your own business and then did whatever. Everybody's That's looking for a come up. That's the mm. bar because I feel like people, and we've discussed this last time. It's like people they 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 have a hard time understanding things that might potentially disadvantage them, and so if me not being a traditional woman means I got to go out there and do work, and I don't like to do work, I'm not gonna understand that anything that doesn't look like traditionalism. It's like nah, you're supposed to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. It's like well, why? Right. We live in a very interesting era, and I think we got to really sit down and reevaluate where we're going based on everything.
because we can't sit out here and try to have families like the 1940s as, as a standard in 2021, 2022. We got to look at like, bruh, what's changed? I was on, I think it was either Spaces or Clubhouse. This guy said something profound, Raphael. He said that a lot of women get on these apps and talk about being provided for, but like traditionally African-American women weren't really in environments where they were provided for. It's not a knock. It's just the truth. So we still live in America, unfortunately, but like on the plantation, it wasn't the man working and the woman staying at home. In pre-civil rights era, it wasn't the man working and the woman staying at home. The woman was working in the house, being the nannies, doing all these different things too. Post-civil rights, when there was equality, it wasn't the man working and the woman staying at home because that's when there was equality. Women were really working then. And so it's like, well, where, do, where do these ideas of traditionalism come from? What's the root? I don't know, movies, white people, like yeah. white people was what we're aiming at. And I don't say it in a bad way. I'm just saying like, it just further points to the fact that people use different things to justify their come up. And that's the only real goal. And I want folks to really come up because the real come up is marriage. The real come up is two hustlers, not a hustler and somebody who's waiting on the hustler to bring the bacon home. You got two, you cannot be stopped. There is no Barack without Michelle. Absolutely not. I agree. That's a good point. And I don't, yeah, I, I don't comment too much on that stuff, but I just want be, I want better for all of us. Right. Everybody deserves. It. I feel like I feel like especially us as minorities, we're all very gifted and talented in our own ways, and we all can we all can have our own business. I don't care what you do. Like it's clear as day. You just gotta figure it out. Yep, figure it out. Where are these tweets at, Raphael? Where are these tweets at? No, Charles. Her whole story about finding the books in those people uh, library. Reminds me of a tweet you had where you said it's kind of similar. You said get around people that buy expensive things. The conversation is different. What does that have to do with books? She got around people with money. Oh, I can see that. Who had different did I tell this story on uh did I tell this story on this where I was at the watch store and he was talking about how he breaks out his income? So they were basically I was in the watch so. store, I had to take the the Batman to get links taken out. And I go to the same jeweler. Um, and, uh, before me, he was talking to somebody else and this is a jeweler where they sell a lot of Rolexes, high-end watches, stuff like that. And so he was talking to him about how he, uh, managed through the pandemic. And the guy was like, oh yeah, did you get PP? He was like, PPP he was like, well, yeah, but my own, the only real employees we have is me and my wife. And I was like, that's dope to see somebody who's 50 years old. And they're in a situation where I kind of am and could potentially be, it was just kind of dope. Because you go to Chili's and the conversation ain't that. The conversation is, can I get a raise? Not, I employ both my wife and myself. And so then the jeweler responds and they're like, oh yeah, well, we couldn't get PPP because uh, we don't take W-2 income. We just take a K-1. And I was, I thought that was dope because like I'm in a situation where I need to figure out how I'm going to take my income. So to hear somebody say that, that actually helped me in my life, in my business. And so I realized that like, you got to get in those spaces because it's what I noticed watching pure watch YouTube. I'd be binging that stuff. I go to sleep watching, I wake up watching, I learn a lot. But I, I started noticing who's buying his watches. He went to a place, this dude had a meat selling company. He went to another place, this dude had uh, a gym. He went to another place, this dude had uh, some other kind of a business. And I'm just always looking for the business gyms because that's just where I'm at. That's where I stay. And so I thought it was just dope because as you're observing these different things, it allows you to navigate world differently because a lot of us don't have entrepreneurial uncles, cousins, any of that stuff. So we got to get it from somewhere and you got to get it in these wealthy spaces. If you're a Jewish, 
then anytime you go to family reunion, there's a bunch of bosses there. If you're black, then you're going to have to go find you some wealthy spaces. And that's not a knock. It's just in California, at least it's the truth. And so <laughs> I just think that that's, it's the things you overhear will expand you. The things that the questions they ask, all, it's just a different life. Like I tell my mom this all the time and she, cause she's a full-time entrepreneur now. She's like, oh, I need to figure out how I'm going to get my car financed. I want to get a new car. And I was like, do you think if you go to a Mercedes Benz dealership and you're talking to them, to them about a hundred thousand dollar car that they're not used to dealing with somebody who has business income. Her thing is that her income is so heavy in the front of the year that she's like, oh, well, I'm not taking a consistent check. They don't expect that. They know you have a CPA firm, any other CPA firm, their money is going to be heavily weighted towards the front. So you're not looking at your monthly income. You're looking at your annual income. It's a different conversation. But if you go to these dealerships, they're used to dealing with business owners, whereas we're only used to dealing with W-2 financing. That's why when you see people on the, on the internet who always talk about like, oh yeah, don't quit your job until you buy your house. Y'all don't know anything. You ain't never quit a job and finance a house. Are you telling us this W-2 income from a W-2 perspective? Right. When it's more than possible mm -hmm. to do it. I was like, I just, I made it, I, I employ myself. I get a W-2 for myself. There's ways to do that. There's ways to show your bank statement, your tax return. But if you've never done it, you can only really justify based off of what you've seen. And what you've seen is embossed levels a lot of times. That was a very long-winded question and answer, Raphael. But yeah, man, I like this. I think this is going to be really cool to be able to have people that like are filling up the timeline with fire. Because that was what the purpose of the show was. You drop gems, we bring you on to extract the love gems. Love to see it. Yeah, it's been too long since we had um, a guest on. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, when did you first um, put out your, your course, the YouTube course, the first one? Uh, so that was in March. March. Was in March. March of this year, yeah. And how many, that was the first one you said, right? The first digital product? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So since then, how many how many products do you have now? Uh, three. So I have um, so I have the course, and then I wrote a book, um, Million Dollar Signature: A Notary A Notary Public's Guide to Financial Freedom. So that's on Amazon. That's doing really right. good. Um, and then I recently just dropped. Um, it's just an ebook. I call it like a digital guide because it's not really like. I don't know. I think eBooks and digital guides are different. That's just me, but that's called Rookie of the Year. And I dropped that um, November something of 2021 just to celebrate like my first year anniversary. So and what's, and what's, that, uh, what's that one about? Rookie of the Year? Yeah. So it's just outlining every, exactly how I did everything. So like it has, it's, and it's broken down into like a basketball game, like preseason, uh, first quarter, second quarter, halftime. So it talks about everything, just the ups and downs, the burnout, because you can, it's nothing like making 10,000. Like I remember I had my first $10,000 a month and like two months later, I only had like maybe five or six. And I was like, hold on now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause <laughs> you're so excited and you're, it's, it weighs down on you. And so just dealing with that mentally can be a lot. Like you start to doubt yourself, especially when like, I don't have, that's why I'm grateful for podcasts. Cause I don't, I'm the only entrepreneur in my circle. I don't really have any friends I'm, I'm bringing them along slowly like showing them you know what they can do but it's that so yeah so dealing with um your mental health um just everything that i went through in regards to how i started my financial journey and just like things that i've learned like why you need an ira why you need life insurance how to budget your money telling you how you can start a business from anything um you know and then just different the seven streams of income that i do have which anybody can do right if you when you build what i've learned is it's not just about building a business you have to build a brand simultaneously 
Um, like, so I'm not, I'm a, no, I'm a notary, but I'm not just a notary. I do a lot of different stuff. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm now, cause it's finally starting to pay off. Like where I'm getting, like, I just did my sponsor, first sponsor, well, collab partnership the other day. So it can turn into other things. And that's what it talks about. Just how to build, build a brand, essentially, not just a business and come from literally nothing. Do you think that the more you create, the easier it becomes to create? Absolutely. It, absolutely. It's just trial and error. Like I, I'm to the point where, like I said, everything is content. Like I literally probably could have been vlogging about how I'm on Tweet Talk podcast right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just, you, you, you become more creative, especially when you see the direct correlation of how it's growing you, like your number of followers, your subscribers, and more importantly, your money. Like it's direct correlation. Mm. The Every more you create, the larger your following becomes. It's simple. It's simple. Mm. Like Everybody wants followers. Nobody want to create nothing. Nothing. And there's a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if y'all listen to um, Inside the Vault. He had Ben X or something like oh, was dropping straight flames. People are like, oh, y'all telling me to, you know, random people would be like, oh, buy my products, come follow my page. And then when I come to your page, there's nothing on there. Like you have to create content every single day. If you want to build an online brand, you have to create content. And how much you create content is going to equivalent to how many sales you get. Like if I post five times a day, it's going to reflect. If I don't, it is what it is. And that's one thing that I noticed about YouTube. You can't post and disappear for a little while. You got to be on it. Yes. I post gotta, yeah, at least every week. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to be consistent. You, you got to be out there. No, you don't edit. You don't do this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to play me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to be, I want to get like that editing and making thumbnails. Because thumbnails are super, super important. I talk about that in my course as well. Because it's the, I do everything. I create my own thumbnails. I edit. I do. It's a lot. But that's why I actually do it because I don't want to do it. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Dumb question. No, are no. You going, are you going back to med school or are you just going to just continue this journey? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I know. I went, I'll buy a hospital one day. <laughs> one day, no. Bars. <laughs> well, doctors are broke. Every, there are high success. Like when I have closings, like I did a closing for a, the president of um, a university. I won't say which one. Making $62,000 a month. He looks mm. so cool. He looked like he hated life when I was talking to him, like hated, hated, hated life. And that always puts an impress. Like, I love my life. Even if I don't make that much money, I like, if I want to go somewhere tomorrow, I'm going. I don't have to ask anybody and I'll still be able to make money. And I like that. So the yeah. answer to the question, heck no. No. Man. She said doctors are broke. They are. They are. Like, they are. Because I worked in the emergency room. I don't like calling people out. But I've seen doctors who are 60 going on 70, you're still working. Why, if you're making at least 20,000, you know, after five, six, seven years in the industry, why are you still working at 67? Yeah. How? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's mm -mm, nope. Mm, I'm here like tweeting and stuff. <laughs> I'm inspired. I got to put up content. You do. Faithfully. And there's content in everything. Like, it, you just have to find ways to be creative and more importantly you have to be transparent like I'm listen when y'all see me with some uh, I don't even own, I own no designer I could go get something I'm not I'm not buying Chris Johnson talks about this all the time he was like people out there you know trying to get this trying to get that no just 
y'all gonna see the struggle and y'all gonna see how we build a solid foundation and get to where we're trying to go not i feel like people are so quick to say oh i just bought my range rover because i made ten thousand dollars in one month but it's like all right now that range rover maintenance is high you know Mm -mm. Mm -mm. sorry i could talk all day day. (laughs) keep the course Um, done man i forgot what i was going to say i need to find a filler for when i do that (laughs) i was on live and i was like dang what's i gonna say right now um, I think the tweet tour listeners are used to this by now. Raphael, we need some tweets. Fire yeah. some stuff off, man. I was dropping gems. I was dropping gems lately, but you probably lost them in my Zapier notifications. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of them, man. Got to go digging. But Charles, you said all the money management in the world ain't gonna uh, get you rich. You gotta hmm. learn how to earn. Uh, it's not that deep, but it went pretty viral. Like people liked it a lot. Um, they got a, a some good amount of spins, but really it's just me speaking to the people who always come on this app and talk, start talking about how um, if you can't manage a thousand dollars, you can't manage a hundred thousand. Now I will say I was thinking about this today because somebody hacked my my all my checking accounts. It was it was bad. Oof. It was bad, man. Um, and I was frustrated because I was like, man, you work really hard, you make some money, and then you get robbed by the contractor. And then you get hacked. I was like, that's like $100,000. Somebody took 50 here, took 50 there. I was like, I never would have thought that would be what happens when you make a lot of money. I never thought like getting literally like robbed would occur. We always think about like you make a bunch of money and it's great. Or you make a bunch of money and then you lose it because you spent it all on Gucci, Louis Fendi. And so this actually could be a lesson in this because I know how to practice frugality. I know how to be reasonable with my spending, but protecting what you have is so important i tell people like you get attacked when you make it when you become successful you're going to be attacked i've had several cyber attacks i've had all these accounts get hacked because you have something they want a lot of folks ain't worried about cyber security and getting hacked because they ain't got shit nobody wants. but once you get something that people want you got to be on guard and so you have to guard your spending you got to guard against your family you got to guard against your friends you got to guard against everybody And so I would say like, that's the craziest, most insane thing to me is knowing that the stuff that I didn't expect to get me is what got me the most. It's like, I I mean, employees, all that stuff. It's like, you're always on guard, but I gotta, I gotta figure out how to get this hundred thousand dollars back. Cause that is, that is stressful. Like through how this is the PayPal thing. Yeah. So basically what they did is they figured out a way to, so they generated it through PayPal but what they did is they stole my bank account information. So they stole my checking account, my writing number. I have no idea how they got this information. And so I think what they did is they hacked into it. At first, they hacked into my account and they they tried to just like extract the money to some debit card they added. That was the first thing they did. I cracked on that. I cracked on that, changed my password, did a bunch of different things, set up two-factor authentication. And then I guess what they did is when they went into my my PayPal somehow, they found out what my checking account number, my bank account number was, or my writing number was. And so I just kept seeing these random PayPal account with uh, withdrawals and they weren't small numbers. It was like, they were taking it so they could stay under a certain number. So it was like $4,500. So every time Gumroad hit $4,500 got taken. Mm. And I know I didn't notice it until I was looking at an account. Cause I don't know what I'd be doing. Maybe I was spending that money. I don't know. But like, so I, would, I wasn't in like the larger account. I didn't really notice it. But then they hit like, I want to say they hit the rent account and the rent account has smaller amount in it. And so when that dipped, I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, I didn't, I don't touch this account. 
the large account has a lot of different transactions. My mom's doing stuff in there, it's just all over the place. And then they hit the vending machine account. Hmm? Who is they? Whoever hacked me, the Nigerian hacker. So this was the no, because I'm asking because like that's my biggest fear. I need to hire. I'm in the process where I need to hire people, but I am so scared about small things. Like I don't want to give somebody my password and then like they take over my YouTube channel or you know what I'm saying. Like I worked hard for this stuff, so like, do you think it's a possibility? Is somebody? So one thing that I'll say is quite honestly. I think that maybe one of my employees is a person who did it. Um, and so the the solution to that is something called LastPass. If you yeah. guys aren't familiar, it's essentially, it's like this thing that populates all your passwords and they can only get access to it if you give them access to it and you can revoke it if you revoke it. And then also um, they never know what your actual password is. So they can't directly log in, but they can still get access. So that's one thing. I was just being lazy and I should have been lazy. I was trying to delegate everything. And honestly, like, it's funny because I, like, I gave my password to the person who was helping me do it. And then I got hacked that night. And so, like, I changed the password and then he went back in there to do something else. And then I got to a point where I was like, I'm not giving my password anymore because I feel like something's fishy. Something is aloof. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it stopped happening. I stopped getting hacked. But that's when they started resorting to something else. So maybe they have my information. Maybe he has my information. He might. The I don't problem, know. I'll be wilding out. The problem is, is even if he's not doing it, maybe he his might. laptop isn't secure. Right. They're hacking him. That's what I thought. He's a, he's a college student, so I thought maybe he was using like a college computer or something and left it open. I don't know. That's crazy. See, that's my that's what I that's what I fear. And somebody was telling me about two factor authentication and like other stuff. But I, so you suggest that I need to put all my passwords in LastPass. And then how does it work? Like if, if somebody needs a password, I can just give them access through LastPass. Yeah, like the LastPass will create like a, their own password to them. That's not the real password. I, I don't know all the thing, the, the the whole thing about it, but I've seen more than one person really, really recommend it. Um, LastPass will create dummy passwords for almost everything. Okay. Yeah. And it's some kind of way, like you can change it every day or something like that. Just give them a new password. I'm not sure. Because I need, I need help. I can't. It's just like it's hard response. Like you don't. I don't know if you want to talk about this on air, but do you, do you, do you respond? I know you respond to every comment, but you don't respond to every comment. I don't even respond to every comment. Um, yeah, he definitely doesn't. That's why we yeah. created Tweet Talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to, when I was like 20,000 followers, um, I built the business off of responding to everything. Like I used to go hard in the paint. There was a time in my life where I responded to every email, every DM, all that stuff. And now, not so much. I try to pick and choose. I try to get to certain things. At one point in time, I had somebody hired who would do stuff like that for me. It was great. She would respond to everything. Um, but I feel like to a certain extent, you can kind of lose touch because being in the DMs, you can kind of figure out what people want, what they're asking, which can lead to other opportunities. And so I'm trying to get back into the DMs and doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't I don't think that necessarily you have to. I don't think you have to respond to everything. People might say like you have to, but your main responsibility is creating more, creating exactly. more, posting more, yes. because some people they'll say like your content can be your FAQs. And so instead of you responding to every DM or every comment, just create some content to respond to it. Who got time to be over here responding to somebody asking the same damn question. Over, over. That is good. I'm going to do some TikToks on that. Thank you. And then another thing that we do is we set up this thing. Like it's an autoresponder through, uh, through messenger, through Apple. 
where I always get asked the same question. Hey, I bought the course, but for some reason I can't find it in my email. And so I get that question all the time in different forms. And what I do is we typed out the email that says, hey, um, the it's going to come from this email address. If you didn't receive it, then you probably mistyped it. If you did mistype it, um, contact Gumroad Customer Service. will take care of it for you or um, check your spam. But I'm not going to like, I get that question all the time. I'm not responding to that, but now I have an actual boilerplate response because I definitely want to make sure they get their product that they paid for. I don't want that to happen. Then they're going to be trying to call me names. Can so I, I have sure that? Get mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate that. Um, for when people like, so what happens is like sometimes people like they'll put the wrong email address or like some people may not know how to work it. I have no idea. They just don't know where to go. And so they'll ask you like, they'll and they'll ask me on multiple platforms. That's good. Auto responder. Yeah. So this is just what I send because at least they get something. <laughs> I just DM'd it to you, but at least they get something. So then they'll leave me alone and they'll, and then I'm not like ignoring them because I used to ignore them and that wasn't good. Roth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So kind of, I know said, got whole appointments tomorrow. People with jobs exchange hours of their life for things. People with products exchange products for products. We kind of talked on that before, but yeah, that's what we were talking about, man. And it's man. it's funny because people will see like and and it really makes sense when you start looking at really expensive stuff, and you're like, man. That that watch costs blah blah blah, or that car costs blah blah blah, and you realize like, bro, we just got to create more product. We need another business, whatever. I was like thinking about this today. I was like, you know what? It's not even really about creating a business as much as it's finding a hot product. So I need more hot product that people want to buy. Whatever that looks like, that I can position myself in between. That's where, where I need to be in the in the middle between the consumer and the product. That audio got kind of weird. Let me ask you something. Um, I see you changed your name, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you inspired me. Now, you came out with the YouTube course. Do you got a deal for the listeners, man? You got something? Can you give us a deal for the Tweet Talk listeners? Yeah, whenever this comes out, we'll do. Um, what did you What did you do today, Todd? Seventy percent off. Uh, I just did a straight number. Straight number. Yeah, I don't know why I did it that way. I think because I didn't want people, want people to have to do math. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair, well, so I'll just to keep it. That's why I do fifty percent off, like it's a half. So we'll do fifty percent off on everything. You do it through uh, Gumroad or what? Um. So uh, one's on Gumroad. And, no, both are on Gumroad. Both are for now. It may change. I don't know when this is All coming. Right. But so, everything's always in my the link in my bio in my link tree. So oh. everything fifty percent off with coupon code. Next. Execute nice. That is just for the tweet talk listeners. So you got that special execute. Yes, now sir. I think that was crazy that you said when you were saying um you found all your people through networking in your business. And I think that's cool that you're not just networking trying to get a dollar for yourself, like trying to sell just your notary business. And how did you the the, the property is in is is in Philly? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this is and this is your first property, correct? Yeah, you've been uh, doing notary what you said a, a year now, yeah, like a year, but it's a lot, so I didn't have to get a loan. Got you, got you, got you, got you. But you just, you just stack your bread, like I didn't, 
like that's the that's the thing like the nerdy business is legit money like you can make um 150 dollars in one hour you can make 275 in one hour just depending on what's going on who you market to and um like everybody was refinancing this year everybody was refinancing it is a seller's market so i became friends with realtors who were selling houses and you just notarize their deed packages um and then you just stack your bread like i had a strict budget of x amount of dollars and i didn't go one red cent over and what also helped is COVID. Like up north, we uh, we closed. Like everything was closed for a long time, so it was nowhere to spend your money anyway. So I I just kept putting in the stock market, putting in the stock market, putting in the stock market, and just saved and saved and saved. And when the right, because I you guys talked about this, like you never want to be in a position where a great opportunity presents itself and you and your excuse is money. Like let it be something else, but don't let it be because you you know were spending or whatever. So I just saved all my money uh, and just. Did what I needed to do. These youngins are smart, Raphael. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah, I mean, when I was young, 26, man. I was trying, but it, it just wasn't as accessible. I don't, when I was 26, man, I wasn't doing this, though. Man, 26 was like, back then, you had to, like learn codes is create your own website you had to learn how to write html and stuff like that man there was no there was no real plug and play type man website designer back then we was just taking instagram back when i was 26 was not about getting money (laughs) i don't know it was like just filters and angles and taking pictures of your food that was instagram back in the day there was no content there was no podcast there was no it's a courses. It's all a business. Either you have a Finsta or you have a business. You got a what? A Finsta? Yeah, like where you're genuinely just posting pictures for your friends and family and it's private. But mm. everybody uh, else is um trying is trying to figure it out. Even if that's it's, where I'm at. Yeah. What you're you're moving from having a Finsta to having a business? What do you mean, me? Yeah. I'm not moving to it, but I, I think about it sometimes. Which part? You want to have a Finsta? No, no, no. I'm saying like my personal Instagram is is completely private. I don't even post on it really. Oh. That's what a Finsta is. So you can keep that and then just create a separate one. Like I have a Finsta because, um, you know, you get to a point where you want to like, you want to distinguish the two. Like I have a my basketball life and then I have like business, all business. So like Martin's Notary Services is nothing but business. Period. I keep, I keep getting people every now and then trying to follow me. Like, I'm like, how do you even find me, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on the fence to how they find my fence to of right. all places because they never announced it but anyway what if we have like those really long podcasts you know they, they have podcasts that are like two hours long three hours long i don't be following those but we could do that man we gotta that's right just be out of just talking for three hours talk I, about it. you can talk about it. if there's if time was no issue you could talk about everything I feel like we need to try that Riverside FM thing again where we get people to call in and do like a mega show. All right, show. if they can call it, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Do like a mega show, man. I feel like it. But maybe we can call our 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 followers wealthies. 
Shout out to all the wealthies out there. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. The wealthers. I am not. No, and <laughs> no. Shout that out real quick. Yeah. All right, we're gonna think of something. It'll come. So, Charles, you had a tweet where you said, create a brand for your kids so they can rock their own shit to school. Man, um, I'm in the process of helping my, my niece because now that I can create clothes, I was like, I could have my niece wearing her own stuff. Why not? Why not? We could create some cool stuff. She could help with the design. She can give me some ideas. So we've created a few things, maybe like three or four shirts. Um, I think I made a hoodie. I made a regular sweatshirt and two T-shirts. And she has good ideas. But I was just thinking, it's like, man, it just makes too much sense makes too much sense we got to start the 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 cool thing about i don't know if i mentioned this but the cool thing about financial freedom especially at a young age especially when you aren't opposed to doing the work is then you can start showing up and building things for other generations and when i was at the family office that's what he was doing the guy was 72 he made his money 30 years ago he shows up to work every day he's doing deals for his grandkids because the same skill that it took for you to get rich is the same skill that you can use to continue to create riches. And so I was like, if I learn how to do boom, 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 and none of that requires any money of mine, anything of mine, I could do the same thing for them. If I know how to create a brand, if I know how to create content, if I know how to do all these different things, I could do the same thing for my son. I could do the same thing for my niece. And that's what we're doing. And so I think it speaks to when I was talking to Andre and I just posted something on Instagram recently and we were talking about how he was like, he could never sell another course, never do anything else. And his kids would be set for life from this point. That's crazy. But that's the way that the wealthy live. That's the, how they can do all the crazy things that we're like, how do you do that? It's like, bro, like wealth comes through creation. It does not come through grinding and sacrificing and all the other stuff they tell us when they want us to show up to their jobs. And it comes through thoughts. It comes through, hmm, I know how to do a podcast. Let me go ahead and create this podcast course and create it. And it costs you zero. Wealthy people do that across the board where they're doing real estate deals that cost them zero. Everything that's related to wealth costs zero. It's just a function of your mind. And that's why it is wealth because it's an unlimited ROI. You do a deal that costs you nothing. I could just pass it to my son. It's like Dame Dad says, you could just pass it to him. So we're creating and building things for the sake of passing. We've already mastered the art of building. I know how to build a business now. I'm not over here building nine and having them fail so I can build one. Like, no, like Elon Musk. Elon Musk took his business success at PayPal and took it to SpaceX and took it to uh, Tesla and took it to Solar City. Because the thing about creating a successful business is outside of the money, it teaches you how to create successful businesses. And that alone is worth so much money. That's why people who are successful in business become VCs because they understand how to build businesses. And that's just what they do. And so that's what we can do. But now we're just passing income to our to our heirs. That's a good way to look at it. And that's a VC is what? Like vice chair? Uh, uh, venture capitalist. Sure. I didn't know. Venture capitalist. I'm a, so what you, do they You'll say? get there. You'll get there. What do they do? Essentially, they when you know how com- people have a startup and they're looking for funding, these people provide funding from that startup for a piece of the actual business. They take equity. And so that's why it's called private equity is because they're taking a piece of ownership in the company. So let's say, for example, your business at this phase is worth a million dollars and you have them come and they say, hey, I'm going to give you two million dollars to invest in your business. You go out there, you hire staff, you hire you get computer systems, you get a marketing team, you do all these things to get this machine running. You turn your million dollar business into a hundred million dollar business. But since they gave you 2 million, they said, I want 25% of equity of your company. 
25% of 100,000, 100 million is now 25 million. They turn their $2 million investment into a $25 million investment. That's what they do. So what's much more, much, now we're talking billions. We're talking billions. Was he considered a venture capitalist? Well, was he considered, rest his soul, a venture capitalist to body armor? Yep. That's and exactly that's how he got yeah. it. And whatever so you sell it for, that's when you get your equity. Either you sell it or it goes public. So either they sell it, like, for example, you see Coke coming in and buying these companies. Right. It's like it's called an exit. And so your exit can be two different things. You can either sell the company or it can go public. It's kind of two ways for it to go, uh, to go for it to exit and for you to have your big party. You get in early, you build the business, you maybe provide some leadership, maybe provide some networking for them, help put them in the different positions where they can grow their business. And then either it goes public and you have a situation where you take a company like Facebook or a firm or Peloton, and they, they sell their company on the stock market. It gets a valuation. That valuation is huge. Maybe it's like 200 billion or whatever these numbers, these companies are being valued at. Now your percentage, it's just like investing in stock. And this is why people always talk about how IPOs aren't really good investments because IPOs are somebody's exit. You're somebody's exit strategy. That's like you buying somebody's flip and hoping to get rich. Right. You're over here buying the flip. That's what that is. They bought it low. They put all the effort, energy into it. And now they take it to market. And so either Coke buys, I can't, our, Coke, yeah, Coke bought body armor. So that's they an did. exit strategy. And they buy it at a valuation. So what they do is they say, okay, we think this company is worth $5 billion now. We're going to pay mm -hmm. you five billion. Sometimes they do it in a, a lot of different ways. Maybe they give them stock. Maybe they give them cash or a combination. whatever that might look like. Yeah. And so when they give you that money, like when they buy Beats by Dre, that's how Dr. Dre became a billionaire. He sold a company. That was the exit. You get an early build it up, you sell it, and then you get a percentage of whatever that was. He owned Beats by Dre by third, I think. Oh. And, and then sold it to Apple. Yeah, that it was him and the um the white guy. Uh, I forget his name too. His name. We should know his name though. White billionaire banter. Is <laughs> different from angel investors? Say it again. Are venture capitalists different from angel investors? So, in my opinion, angel investing is a form of venture capital. I want to say angel investing is just earlier because they have these different series. So they have like series A, series B, series C, series D. But prior to it going to like a VC, I think then an angel steps in. So Angel's going to give you funding before you even get to the BC level or get to the PE level. I think, I think that's how that works. I'm not an expert on that, but I know that they, they all kind of play their own hand in the space, excuse me, because I think angel investors kind of have money to lose. That's why they're called angels versus like an actual PE VC guy, like nah fam, we expect something out of this. But then again, they're only looking for that one unicorn. So I think we've talked about this on the show before where they're investing 10 companies and they just want two to pop. That's all they need. And those two are going to pay for all the other misses. So that's like next level investing, I'm assuming. Like after you, you know, do your stock market and real estate, if you have the money, you pick 10 startups and you just, I guess they pitch to you. A lot of times people will join a, a, a PE fund or like a venture capital fund. And so they'll come together with like a bunch of retired lawyers or a bunch of retired doctors or whomever. And so when you see like Kobe or Kevin Durant, a lot of times they're a partner in a fund. And so other rich people come together and they invest in these things. But I know that I've, I've heard that they're working on getting it to the point where non-accredited investors can participate in these things. Because in order to be a VC, you have to be an accredited investor. And an accredited investor is somebody who has a million dollar net worth, not including, the, not including their home 
or they have an annual income of like $300,000 for the last two years. And so that's where you, if, if you're there, you can be a VC. So it's a lot of folks on these internets who might qualify as being a, as, as an accredited investor. Terry Joma is a credit investor. Low key, I'm a credit investor. So what? So I'm this- an accredited investor, bitch. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Put that on the t-shirt. So if you have multiple, pro- this is my last question. So if you have multiple properties, other properties aside from your primary residence factors into you becoming an accredited investor? It should. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, they have, they, they, they're going to assume like as long as it's not your personal residence. So they're going to assume like, bro, these folks out there, they buying properties, they putting their money into Because most people with money are illiquid. Unless there be real estate, be real estate. You know, <laughs> most people with money, they, they got the money. Like I'm illiquid for the most part. My money's in actual, my money's in the stock market. I'm not right. just sitting on it in my checking account. That'd be ignorant. Right. Mm. Do we want to, do we want to touch on that situation I mentioned earlier? Or did we already gone for almost? Uh, I think we should and we'll wrap it because I did want to, I'm not going to like slander nobody. I'm going to just give kudos to Ellie for doing the Allen Iverson and stepping completely over it. I think it's a lesson to us all because ain't nobody talking about it no more. She let whoever it was get her rocks off. Ellie kept pushing, kept grinding, kept, she never once acknowledged it. No subtweets, no lives, no That's nothing. True. That's true. I respect that in my Diddy voice. Like I respect that. Like, and now, and like I told you, people who are haters, they're just looking for somebody else to hate. Really, they just want attention. They just want somebody that they look up to who's doing better than them to mention them. And so for the longest time, I used to wonder, I was like, why be real estate worth nine figures? He rich, rich. Why are you coming for me? Cause it was all lies, man. And, and he really wasn't that dude. And so like, when you're really not that dude and you, and like, that's how I knew I was like, his actions ain't aligning with his net worth. So that means his net worth is probably in question because you can just like accidentally fall on a $20,000 Rolex if you got that kind of money and it don't really hurt you, you make $20,000 the next day. And so I would just say that Ellie is a boss and she's going to continue to win and she didn't dilute her brand. Nobody was coming at her crazy in her comments. She literally took it in stride. So that's a lesson for me. I learned something from that. I was like, wow, she did not even acknowledge it. Not once. Well, that's right now. I'll ask you guys when we're done recording. Cause I, I didn't even know anybody came for her, and I love her. And I'm like, don't it, at least have money, right? Yeah, yeah. There's supposedly a, a lawsuit though in in uh, in the works. So she hasn't she hasn't talked about it publicly, but apparently there's a lawsuit. Well, I'm glad that you bring that up as well because you were going to talk about Dana Chanel and her lawsuit. Honestly, y'all, lawsuits are a part of getting money. I was um, Mark was talking about a dude named Rick Caruso who is that dude. I didn't even know Rick Crusoe was that dude. A long time ago, maybe I looked him up. He built um, the Grove, which is this really nice mall in Beverly Hills. He built another similar mall, which is in a really nice area, I think in Glendale, which is a nice part of Los Angeles. This dude has Pepperdine Law School is named after him. The guy is like the chairman of the entire board of University of Southern California, which is like the most prestigious university in California, in my opinion. But if you Google his name and lawsuit, it's like, we're suing them for this. We're suing them for that. We're suing them for this. Fam, lawsuits going to come. You know what the solution is to lawsuits, Raphael? Lawyers. And I learned that lawyers are smart, man. Us, in our mind, we're going to over here, we're going to try to figure out the whole lawsuit game and what we should do, what we shouldn't do. But there's a person who that's all they do. That's all they do. I was like, I could sit here and I could try to go after this contractor for the $50,000 he owes me, or I can pay somebody who this is what they do. 
$10,000 to give me every single cent that I'm owed. I had a conversation recently with an attorney that I paid $5,000. They gave me so much game. I was like, y'all are worth what I'm paying you. It's, it's well worth it. And so my response to that is you can't expect to make, it's hater moves, man. It's hater moves. People see you winning and they want a piece. That's all it is. It's not that it, and even if it is valid, who cares, man? It's the whole timeline is filled with people stealing each other's content and reusing it and repurposing it. The whole timeline, I'm not a fan of it. It's happened to me. It's happened to others. It's still happening, but maybe somebody learns different from them. And if they didn't patent and protect it, they might not even have the copyright that they think they have. So honestly, I think it's cap. I think that she's ha going through some stuff because I remember when she cut me off and she got Paris off and she just went on her own little tirade. I don't know if you know that, but we haven't really talked to her oh, like no. a whole year. And we were in position to kind of put each other on like the whole game, everything that we do, we taught her. She used to come to the office, we would chop it up. We do all these different things, talking about Instagram and how to use that and how to grow your platform. And then folks will get it and they'll run off on you, Raphael. They do it to me all the time. I'm just, Raphael, you're going to do it to me. I know you're going to do it. <laughs> He's stupid. Do I, don't, like that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I only know one of the, well, I don't even really know her that well, but I don't really have much of an opinion on the whole thing because yeah. i don't really know what's going on in the back i'm i'm kind of leaning towards the other way but like i said i don't really know either one of them but who told you they're filing a lawsuit i i, I kind of read between the lines from from what the other person said like basically you she ellie filed a lawsuit and oh, wow. yeah i'm like i'm not scared wow. i'm a lawyer i'm not scared like well i would just say i respect that to the fullest as well because that's how you handle business. There's folks out here who have a disagreement with you and they think that the solution is I'm gonna drag you online. I'm like, bruh, can we do real business and grow up? Like, mm. well, you know what? I did see one, let's we might as well say her name. Um, Sierra, I, I saw one of her lives, but like, this is how I found out about it. And she mentioned it to her credit. She didn't, she was like, I'm not going to spend much. I'm, I'm going to spend a few minutes on this and then I'm going to get back to what I came on here for. So she hasn't been going like the live. She hasn't been like just dragging her, dragging her. Did you see the email? The email. Oh, you, you didn't see the email, Rafael. You didn't. Oh, yes, I did see the Actually, that's how I found oh. out. I saw the email right. when she called her a scammer. I did. Right. That's how I found out. Then I this saw the IG live. Then, <laughs> yeah, I know. Then I saw the IG live and she said, I'm only going to talk about this for a few minutes and then I'm going to get back to what I came on here for. Well, it is what it is. But, you know, I feel like they'll get to the bottom of it. Um, I, you know, I I look at people and I try to take what I can take. And I respect how Ellie went about it. I even respect what you just said to Ellie is how she's going about it. I think that's dope, too, because she didn't even broadcast it. She's like, I'm going to I'm, I, I got I'm doing this and we should do that. Honestly, people should not be able to come online and just say whatever they want to say about you and your brand without recourse. I should be suing a lot of people. And that time will come as well because folks get on here and they start lying. They start trying to ruin your name. There are consequences for doing that. If you ruined, if you prevented me from getting money and it was all lies and all made up, you can't just say that folks legit think they can just get on this internet and say whatever they want. The first amendment is a very limited amendment. The first amendment, free speech. People think that means say whatever you want. No, no. When you look up the legal defamation, when, when you do an analysis in law school of defamation, you have to actually address whether free speech is relevant. And so if there's free speech, you have to look at whether it's a public figure, whether it's a celebrity. If it's a celebrity, you can say things. But even then, if it's literally false and malicious, you still can't say it. 
You don't just mm. have free reign to say whatever you want on this internet, especially if you're attacking their business, because that's slander per se. If you're lying about somebody's business, problems. I, I hit uh, Hotep Jesus with that. I was like, bro, like, check out this code section. You can't lie on my business and not expect me to hit you with these consequences. So anyway, take us out, Raphael. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to say before I take us out, I'm going to tell you right now. Well, one of the good things about, one of the best things about this, um, putting up my course and the field and getting some sales is like when I first put out the, the, the $1 guide, Charles helped me out big time. Charles put up one email and it started ringing like boom, 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 boom. But this course was pretty much all me yes, as far as promotion, you know what I'm saying? But now, Charles, I want to retweet. I just tweeted something <laughs> Raphael, I knew I was like, I'm not going to retweet him. I'm going to see what he could do. But I am going to send out an email. That's what I'm going to. I'm spacing out my email promo. So I'm I get send it. An email. I'm going to be like, uh, check it out. The I get it. I get it. I've been trying to do that little dance, like putting out, promote my course and trying to put promote like the, the Freedom Pack too. I'm like trying to space it out, mm -hmm. doing a little dance. So like, you, man. That's why I didn't say nothing to you because I'm like, it's a bit much to try to do all at once, man. Yeah, I was but, going hard on my, on my Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I was trying to stay focused. I got you, brother. Appreciate you, appreciate you either way. Oh, man, me and Terry been running it up, man. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be somebody's affiliate, y'all. Oh, what? That's how I. That's how I first started making some online money. Amazon. If we, if you ever make a YouTube channel, you just Amazon um, affiliates. They pay very well, especially if you like do YouTube equipment or like um, electronic technology. You get paid good, real good. Mm -hmm. So grab okay. her course on monetizing your YouTube because we are because we're gonna start doing product placement inside the podcast. Yeah, I'm about to get her course as soon as I get over here, too. But uh, that'll be in the show notes with Raphael's affiliate link for Tweet Talk podcast. She'll hook us up. Take care, y'all. Yes. So before we wrap up, be sure to get um, go to Sophia Martin page. We're going to have the link in the in the in the show notes. 50% off everything in the store with the coupon code execute. And she's inspired me. I'm also going to do a 50% off on the podcast, Star Deluxe podcast course of 50% off with the coupon execute. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. Um, we definitely appreciate Also, if she wants to come on the mastermind, not I was thinking tonight, that. but eventually, Thursday. you know, what about Thursday? we never had anybody talk about YouTube before. I mean, Eric, did Erica talk about my YouTube? Kind of, sort of. Not really. It was more so just like business in general. So. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, YouTube be lit. Y'all let me know. And Erica make big bank off YouTube. Because she be putting out content. And she don't care about all the other social media platforms. You just play on the other ones. Yeah. Raphael, we need to have every single Tweet Talk podcast on YouTube. I'm working on that this week, brother. This week. All right. Whatevs. <laughs> this guy it's late man i was gonna say it's nice to meet you guys yeah Likewise. one of our most passionate listeners sophia martin we appreciate you coming on yeah you can follow her on twitter at sophia martin that's s-a-f-i-y-a because she spit that fire she like dial on fire um that's at Sophia Martin, S-A-F-I-Y-A, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. And that's on Twitter. And on, on Instagram, it's what? Uh, what's it? It's Martin's Notary Services. Martin's Notary Services, because she does that thing. Philly's number one notary. So if you're in Philly, call me. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P-O-D. 
Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at WorkMoneyLife. Follow Charles on Twitter at RailToddBillion, because he's the only one, except no substitutes. Follow us on Instagram at TweetTalkPodcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at ToddBillion, and also the parent company at Todd.Capital. For episode 111 of Tweet Talk, the Black Love Podcast, your hosts, Raphael and Charles, and our guest, Sophia Martin, We'd like to say to you guys, leave you one last thought from Charles. He said, your community needs your product. Remember that. Peace, y'all. Yes, this is Donald, the voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.